Welcome to Enterprise Hardcore Podcast. I'm your host, Josh Lyons. On this episode, my guest is Paul Glover from the band Rat Poison out of South Carolina. As always, you can follow the podcast on Facebook and Instagram at Enterprise Hardcore Podcast, on Twitter at Podcast Hardcore. Uh, as always, thanks to all the Patreon subscribers. Uh, I'm going to be working out all the nooks and crannies about getting some live stuff to you guys real soon, uh, videos from the episodes and all sorts of other cool stuff. And like I said, live episodes will be coming soon and you'll get them first. Uh, anyways, there's a couple shows coming up uh, as of when this episode airs. Uh, this coming Saturday, July 16th, it'll be a final declaration, pure bliss, heavy as the head, only shallow and coalition at the bug jar. Uh, doors are at 8 p.m. It's 12 bucks. Uh, like I've been saying, that's the, the first show that I'm co-promoting in like 10 years. So hopefully some people come out and support the bands and uh, we can shoot the shit like uh, old times, you know, and another good show coming up on July 29th at UUU Art Collective. Uh, shout out to Rory putting this one on. It's uh, Dangers, No Man, Coming Down, Only Shallow, Agitated Earth and No End will be making their local debut. So we're pretty stoked about having all those bands here, especially uh, seeing No End for the first time. Uh, 7 p.m. doors, 15 bucks. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll talk about that one a couple more times before that show happens, obviously. But make sure you check out all the local shows. Uh, so, yeah, this is episode 84. Uh, we're going to be talking with Paul from Rat Poison. Um, I don't know if any of you guys checked out the new, new music episode I did a few episodes back on episode 80. But uh, they had a track on there. Now we're going to be getting to know them a little bit more. And uh, before we get into Rat Poison, we'll, we'll get a little bit of uh, Paul's background, too. But uh, with that being said, how's everything going for you tonight, Paul? It's going lovely. I'm just watching it kind of rain again. Last podcast, I did it. It poured outside, too. I don't know what, what it is. Something with the rain and me doing a podcast. The earth is trying to tell me, don't talk. <laughs> and what's funny about that is it rained uh, earlier today before we recorded. So I, I'm guessing our rain pushed right down to you. So my... Uh, my bad vibes from earlier must have come down to you, I guess. <laughs> yeah, yeah. nature wants to stop me, but uh, I don't stop. I just push against it. So that's how it goes. That's, that's, my, that's my life. Yeah, so obviously we'll be, we're mainly going to be talking about rat poison, but we'll kind of give the listeners a chance to get to know you a little bit better. I know you and I kind of talked a couple months back about like having like book shows and done stuff like a couple decades back. So let's kind of take a step back there and kind of tell everybody like, you know, your introduction to like South Carolina hardcore and, and whatnot, you know? Yeah, well, uh, I mean, I kind of was a weirdo in high school, just like pretty much everybody else that you've probably interviewed. <laughs> it starts with that. So, you know, never really fit in, obviously. Um, didn't quite know where to go, but, I, you know, I loved music. I, I think I liked just like hard rock and metal and shit. I was really into Van Halen. Still am. Um, and then I kind of actually one of the stretch dudes taught at my high school from Stretch Armstrong um uh, which was weird but um it's kind of almost through that but a couple other means a couple friends and stuff um that was like one of my first shows that I ever went to that was my first show was stretch armstrong obviously and some other bands and i think i was just i think the energy of it all just like i'm a big energy guy like i just like that's why i like van halen and stuff like that just in your face bombastic shit so seeing something like that people flying off the stage killing each other uh it, it really opened my eyes i was like this is the coolest thing i've ever seen <laughs> so uh that's kind of how that worked out in hardcore and then I, I couldn't be stopped after that i was just going to every show every show i could find um you know whether that be it was kind of weird around here at that time and you know it was late 90s early 2000s so there was a lot of metalcore and stuff going on but um 
you know, so I started going to every show that I could. And, you know, then kind of through that, I found out about straight edge a little bit. Um, mainly I didn't do anything to begin with. I had a lot of friends, you know, that kind of went their own way in high school that went to party and drink and stuff. And I was like, this is annoying as shit. Uh, <laughs> oh, dude, we're passing out. And I was like, that's so lame, man. So when I found out about straight edge, it was just like, oh, that's me. And uh, so that seemed like a normal fit. So uh, jump right into that. And, um, you know, that's kind of how all that started. And then we started booking shows. I mean, I had another band way back in the day called The Risk. We just played like fast, hardcore, ripping off whatever we could from the time. Right Brigade, Shark Attack, American Nightmare, whatever we could think to rip off. We were just kind of doing that kind of stuff, just fast, moshy stuff. Um, and, you know, outside of Stretch Armstrong, there wasn't, which kind of had their own crowd of, you know, like punks and hardcore kids. And because people around here travel, so you'd have kids from kind of Tennessee, Georgia, Florida, whoever make it to uh, whichever show. But beyond that, hardcore shows were kind of dead. Um, I remember going to see like Ensign and, oh man, a, a bunch of shows, a bunch of shows that should have been way bigger. Back then, American Nightmare, actually, on the seven inch, they toured on that, and there was like 10 people there. Um, so it was kind of dying out. There was like a one or two dudes booking shows. So we started kind of booking shows, and then other people started asking about shows. And then all of a sudden we have this little network going on. And before you know it, a few years later, there's like there's like a little there's like a little scene of like hardcore kids. So they just appeared magically. And then uh we kept doing that for years and years and we booked some pretty big shows. Um, and then another generation kind of took over with the shows and, and that's where we're at. And then I, I started another band uh, somewhere in there called Where It Ends. Uh, I believe you had EMS on. Uh, our, our surprise attack records, Daddy. Uh, <laughs> so he helped us out way back then. So we put a record out with him and uh, we, did a, we did a good amount with that band. Um, you know, went across the country, did all that kind of stuff. Yeah, I was actually yeah. going to ask you, I was actually going to, I'm sorry to cut you off, but I was actually going to mm -hmm. ask you about that with where it ends and the EMS connection. Like, I know he, he toured with Stretch Armstrong a bunch of times. Like, is that how you met him or? Oh man. So my memory is weird. I remember the strangest details. I usually get other people to fill it in. <laughs> so it wasn't through Stretch, but obviously he knew those dudes through Brothers Keeper and everything. But, um. Obviously, we knew the stretch dudes and they knew him. But I think, I guess he just found us because we were kind of, we were out there doing our thing for a while. We started in like 2004 and actually ended 2003. So we were out there doing our thing, just playing randomly all over. I mean, we'd, we would drive like eight hours for one show. We were very stupid. And <laughs> we love to lose money. But um, yeah, I think he just kind of, we came on his radar somehow i had sent some stuff to some other labels and some other random labels didn't quite work out but um yeah he just kind of found us and i think he called me i think we actually talked on the phone which is a strange thing to think about because that doesn't happen anymore and then he was like yeah you want to do a record and i was like yeah you're doing us a favor <laughs> whatever you want to do we'll take it so yeah we put out that record and then we were around a little bit longer after that but not too much longer so was that, I think you were referencing it before then, I guess, was that like your first experience, like really touring with a band and whatnot? 
Yeah, because the the band before that was just kind of more of a in town. You know, we'd play around South Carolina, but yeah, that was that was our first. Uh, I think any of our any of us dudes, those dudes, uh, first foray into touring world and everything. And yeah, I love that shit. Um, I I wish I was still doing it now, but uh, you know, you get older, other responsibilities take place, and you know, we were. We weren't, we weren't ever, and we didn't have any illusions of getting big or anything. I think we just wanted to be like, just wanted to be a hardcore band and have somebody want to come see it, uh, which is kind of still where we're at now. So nothing changes. <laughs> and kind of getting into Rat Poison a little bit, I feel like I was checking, I was doing some research today. I listened to that interview you did on that, that you referenced it earlier in the interview, uh, getting out, getting it out podcast, I think it's called. Yeah. Um, didn't you mention in there that some of the guys from Where It Ends are in Rat Poison too? Yeah, so we kind of have ran in like the same circle of friends that all come out of that Where It Ends crew kind of um, for a while. Like the singer Anthony, he played drums in Where It Ends. I played, I played, I played singing. <laughs> I played vocals, and then uh, Ryan, he played guitar. He's in Rap Poison too. So there's three of us from Where It Ends, and then yeah, we've all we've all kind of found our way back to, you know, even if we went off and played with other bands and the other stuff, we kind of all were just comfortable with each other, I think. And we know how to bust each other's balls properly. <laughs> and I, I know them better than anyone. We've sat in a van together for hours and drove in the middle of the night and almost died 50 times uh, and then laughed about it afterwards. So that's who I know best. So we always kind of find our way back to each other. So yeah, those, those dudes were in where it ends too. So. Now I'm guessing there was a pretty significant gap in time between the two bands, though. Like, what what kind of made you guys decide you're ready to do a band again? Well, uh, I mean, we've been doing bands. Like, we kind of never really stopped, but there's been a lot of projects that just like either didn't fully get off the ground or nobody gave a shit about, which is kind of the story of our of our musical lives. Uh, you know, we're all in our late thirties now. So I guess we're like full on washed up musicians now. We're like, we're like full on talentless washed up musicians, but it's all good. Um, but yeah, there was a gap in time. So I think where it ended in like 2009. And uh, we've had a couple other bands, you know, with little demos and stuff in between. And even where it ends has played a couple of shows in the middle of that a couple of times for whatever reason, but but yeah, we've always been playing and usually with one or two of those dudes um, from that band too. So like I said, we've ventured off with some other people, but we always find our way back to our comfort zone. Don't want to get uncomfortable. Now, through talking to bands and stuff, I like when I hear a new band, like I'm always kind of like semi-interested to hear what the influences are, but at the same time, I'd rather kind of develop the sound my, on my own by hearing them. But I have kind of learned from doing this podcast that like sometimes bands themselves like to know like what like either I or other listeners think of their band, like their influences. But yeah. I'm also curious, like when you guys first started developing your sound, like did you have an influence in mind? Like what kind of sound you guys wanted to do? No, we kind of So this is a weird thing. We had another band um, that was that we called Slam. That was just kind of we we've had so many bands. We, we basically take a piece of a previous band and we'll like take a song name from that and we'll just do a whole new thing we'll be like, let's do something a little like that but twist it a little bit change it a little bit so um actually that band had a song called rat poison and we were like let's do a band 
you know, sort of in that vein, just hard riffs. We didn't have any, we didn't have any like, let's sound like this band, but you know, there was, there's always like a New York hardcore influence in our stuff somewhere. And then, you know, riffs like Think I Care and shit, just like really hard, hard mean riffs. Um, like I said in the last podcast, bad guy riffs, which is <laughs> the best way to put it. Um, but yeah, we just kind of took that and we we're like, let's let's just take hard, heavy, mean riffs. And I mean, at this point in our lives too, not to sound like a jaded old fart, but because uh, <laughs> there's plenty of new stuff that I do like, but I'm just not tuning in as much to newer bands. I don't know if you can relate to that, but um, so like everything that I dug before back in the day, still what I'm really into. <laughs> um so you know there, there's not a whole lot of like any influence is kind of already ingrained in there and i don't really even know what it is anymore you know what i mean there's like a little bit of killing time and there's a little bit of chromags and there's like Madball and marauder or whatever it may be along with metal shit and uh you know there might be riffs here and there for certain separate songs that we kind of lift an idea from another band or something like that um you know like well, let's make an integrity riff whatever it may be stuff like that but yeah we, we don't have like a sound really i think we're just like let's get let's be heavy and hard and stuff sound mean that's kind of all it is i think that but that's, that's I, I sorry to cut you off i do get the uh i i get a wide i get a wide varying degree of you know comparisons and everything and that that's interesting to me because like, okay you 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 tell me what we sound like you know what i mean well, that's what I was just going to say. I think you encapsulated it pretty well. And I have a list of a few bands and Integrity and Marauder were definitely on there. Um, and there's another more modern one that I haven't really heard you reference at all. But I think they, while they're not really from the East Coast, they kind of had that sound too, though. Uh, Alpha and Omega. I, mm. I, I definitely hear a lot of them in some of your songs. So I'm, I'm sure it's probably not like intentional or whatever. You know what I mean? But I could, I know who that is. I know I've listened to them. What are they from? Like the mid 2000s? Yeah. Like yeah. Some shit. They would have been I probably couldn't... just popping off when your when your last one, uh, where it ends was, was kind of ending or whatever. You know what I mean? Yeah. We would probably just have like the same, you know, we, we probably come from the same, <laughs> same school of hardcore. Yeah. Thing. So, Cause I couldn't, it, if you played an Alpha and Omega song for me right now, I'd go, who's it? But <laughs> yeah, they kind of just, they didn't hit my radar, I guess, but I definitely yeah. know who that is. You know that band? Yeah. And then I think the only other band that I kind of heard a little bit, and it's probably just like from the, the drums is, is I heard a little bit of a hundred demons in there, which that oh, kinda, okay. that's like the hard, the hard shit too, you know? So, well, you know, we got our other guitar player, Ryan too. He's got all kinds of influences that he doesn't tell me about. So <laughs> he, he's got more of the metal side too in his brain. And, you know, he'll come in with a riff that I'm like, wow, that's incredible. But really, he's like kind of ripping that from somewhere else. It's just not anything that I know about. So, yeah. And then I think you talking about like kind of being, for lack of a better word, detached from like newer bands is something I could relate to like a few years. Uh, and this will kind of uh, dive into my next topic, too, actually. Um, it's something I could relate to like a few years before like COVID and the pandemic hit from like 2015 to 2017. I wasn't like totally checked out of hardcore. I was still going to like like all the big shows around here, but like there wasn't as many newer bands on my radar. But then once, well, I got into a really bad car accident in 2019. So I had some downtime them too. But then mm -hmm. once COVID hit, I was like, I started checking more bands out and like, I could give you a pretty solid list. Now I'll, 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 uh, I'll, I'll shoot some names to you off, off air or whatever. <laughs> okay. Well, I mean, that, that, I still keep track. Like I definitely, 
I haven't ever, like you said, I haven't fully checked out, but there's been like certain instances in life instances where you, you know, kind of take a step back from it. And then, but yeah, like you said, I've been, I still go to all the big shows, um, all that kind of stuff. You know, if a really awesome show comes through, I'm going to go to it. But yeah, I keep track. Um, and I listen to pretty much everything I can. If only, you know, it's not going to be like, most of the time it's not going to be like this is going to be heavy in my rotation but i'll check it out and go okay cool yeah i'm into this but it doesn't mean that could mean i only listen to it once and then i can go yeah those those guys are cool i like i like that that's a good sound but yeah it's it's kind of it's that weird thing because of the kind of music that it is you know metal too but on a different level and then punk rock and shit it's like you've kind of there are people doing original shit. There definitely is. But a lot of it is like just a different version of something you already heard. It's just like the new version of this. It's like the it's like new hardcore kids. It's like the new kids that you see around, the younger kids. I see all these, all these kids, and I go, hey, I, I know that guy. He's just he's like a new version of this other guy from 20 years ago. <laughs> so it's all it's all cyclical. It all comes around. Yeah. And, and I think you and I are similar in age. I think I'm a couple years older. I was born in 81. And I think from listening to that interview with you, I feel similar sometimes like going to shows now as I'm 41. And like the art scene's a little bit older here, but still like being around like 20 somethings, I'm like, yo, I feel old and out of place. And like when I was 18, I mean, granted, you know, with how hardcore being older now, there's, there's a lot more older people now in the scene. But back then, like when I was 18, if I saw like people my age at shows, I wasn't trying to hang out with them. You know what I mean? Like, and I was like, yeah. what are they here for? Are they here to like make a buck or to, to, to pull some skeevy shit? You know what I mean? Like, yeah, that's an interesting thing. But um, yeah, our, our, I mean, where are you at exactly? Are you in Buffalo, Rochester? Where are you at? Rochester, right near Buffalo. Yeah. Okay. Bad business, right? Yeah. 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 Did you yeah. did. You did. I remember Did I booked them. Either I booked them or somebody else in our little circle booked them. I remember those guys that was a, it was a good, uh, it was a good demo. And do they have like a seven inch or some shit? Yep. Yeah, yeah. They're a good band. Yeah. Really tall hard. singer guy. I remember that. Real tall. Sean Creed. Yeah. Real good dude. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. yeah, they'll, yeah. They'll, be stoked, they'll be stoked that you remember them. When I interviewed them, a lot of, especially people from bands from that era that like weren't on like the, like the Bane and like the, you know what I mean? They're just like the festival bands, like bands yeah. like that are just so stoked when people like remember them and like, Oh yeah. Well, any- that's how I, that's how I am with where it ends. Like, you know, somebody brings that up. I'm like, wow, you remember that little that little dink band? I mean, we, we went around, but it's not like we had like hype. I mean, we never did. That's our thing. We we don't get hype. I mean, one, we're from South Carolina, so it's hard enough as it is to get like some kind of momentum and hype going because it's just so different here. Um, but yeah, like you were saying, you know, like Rochester, you know, you guys have had you know, in that area in general, like, you know, upstate New York-ish area, you've kind of had, you got you've had a thing going for a while that people know about. So here it's been weird. It's so up and down and it's just how it is. Like right now, I feel like we're kind of in, at least in Columbia, in the middle here, we're kind of in like a weird little lull, but it's just, it's just, we need more bands. That's what it comes down to. Need more bands and then a couple extra dudes that are willing to book wherever they can find and then something start back start back up again yeah that's where i'm at now like i'm, I'm starting to book shows with my buddy jared because like he's been doing shows here it's it's weird like when i stopped in 2012 he pretty much started and now him and i are like doing some shows together so it's kind of like weird to see everything kind of come full circle like that you know but 
it's very similar here where just people need to step up and start bands and do more shows and you know um but that but i guess that kind of goes back to what i was talking about about the band with our uh, rap boys and so like when you guys first started like before like COVID and the pandemic like shut everything down like had you guys been playing like a bunch of shows in south carolina i, I feel like it would have been like a year and a half to two years right before everything shut yeah, down. yeah it's, it's kind of weird because we started in at the end of 2018 we played a decent amount of shows and then we were playing some in 19 and then COVID shit happened and we released that one EP hypnotized in the nineties. All we have is EPs. That's probably all we'll ever have. Um, but we did hypnotize, which we, which I thought was a great idea at the time because nothing was going on. This is going to get a whole lot of attention, but for a band of our size, it didn't work. It, it didn't work at all. It got no attention. And then things kind of just ended for, I mean, I mean, almost call it two years. I mean, it got kind of slowed down. And for us, it was like really hard to, one, just get back together and practice again after we got lazy because we practiced an hour and a half away. But also to get any kind of momentum going. I mean, it's it's really hard to get traction and momentum of a band of our size. And kind of especially out here with a scene that's built on a lot of younger kids and a lot of younger bands, you know, I don't want to say the word ageism, but <laughs> I mean, it's the thing. Like they, they look at us and they go, oh, it's, it's the old guys again, it's the old guys. So um, it's hard to get get that foothold and get traction because, you know, I, and I understand it's it's the younger kids and bands. That's a whole new thing. That's definitely more important than what we're doing because that's going to be the next thing. That's going to be the new shit to start everything else. Um but yeah, it's it's hard to get momentum and get going. But that's why I try to talk to these. I, I try to not sound like, you know, old men give advice, but I try to just tell them, like, book anywhere you can. Just, just do anything you can to get us going. And I try to be nice to all these kids that I don't know, because sometimes they just appear out of nowhere randomly, because that's how other bands were for me. I'm sure that I mean, there's obviously dicks in the hardcore scene. There's some of the shittiest people you ever meet, but there's also some of the greatest people you ever meet. And I mean, when I was younger, I remember going to shows and like the stretch dudes before I knew them, I would go to a show and they would show up to whatever random show that they weren't playing. They just like talk to me and hang out and be like, oh, this is cool. You guys are, you guys are just normal. So that would, that was another thing about hardcore that I learned early on. I was like, oh, these are just like normal people to just hang out and talk to to me, the little the kid that's <laughs> I was 17, but I probably look 12. Because now I probably look 18, even though I'm graying. But um, yeah, and then you know, I, th I think that's a good thing to do. Just just talk to people that, that you know, I met after that. I had actually met the first step dudes from North Carolina. And they took it to like a whole new level. They were like, yeah, come in the van. Come come hang out with us. Come tour with us. And I was like, oh, oh, that's the thing too? Okay, cool. And uh, so that opened up a whole new thing too. So I think opening your arms to these young kids is, is a good thing to do. Um, you know, trying to not give them too much advice. But, uh, it's, you know, you know, it is what it is. But it's, yeah, it, back to I rambled. But, I mean... Did you, yeah. did you roadie, did you roadie for the first step? Is that what you just referenced there? I didn't roadie for, see, they're weird. Those dudes, so they're the nicest guys in the world, but they're like so 
they were so nonchalant with all of their band operations. It was just like, yeah, we got a show. Oh, we forgot the merch. <laughs> oh, well. <laughs> and then they would just like pack a band full of like 10 friends. So there wasn't really, I mean, I guess there was in a way 10 roadies. But yeah, they were just like pack a van and then I go, I played bass for them like once or twice, just like filling in. That was cool at the time because that was, they were one of my favorite bands. Um, but yeah, that, that kind of opened up a whole new thing for me because I was like, yeah, you can, that's how I want to treat other kids too. I just want to be as nice as possible and because it's, it's a, something that you need to be giving an inclusive vibe to because it's pretty easy to turn people away in this world. <laughs> if, you, if you come into a show and you get punched right in the face, that might end it for you real quick. Yeah, no, definitely. Yeah, no, it's it's crazy about the first step. Though. I booked those guys up here a couple of times back in the day. And uh, yeah, they were definitely good dudes. I haven't talked to any of those dudes in probably like uh, since like 2003. But um, no, they were all good dudes. They, they stayed in my apartment at least once, if not twice, because I don't know if it was like that for you. But like when I was when I was like one of the main bookers here, like pretty much any time bands would play, they end up staying in my apartment afterwards. And my roommates love that, you know. <laughs> Well, half the time I live with my parents at the big for like my, I think in my, you know, like late teens, early 20s, still my parents' house. Nobody, I, I actually probably had a couple bands stay there, if I can remember. But then I lived with a girl who wasn't feeling that at all. The, my new lady, my wife now, married, she'd be down. She doesn't care. But the, the, uh, the girl we don't speak of, she would, uh, she would not be into that. But yeah. Um, yeah, the first step dudes, those are good. I still talk to them every now and again. I'll have to see if they remember you. Yeah. Um, it's funny because I'm I'm booking that show that I referenced in the intro. And shout out to all those bands if you're listening, but uh nobody's staying at this house after the show on the 16th. I got kids now and shit. And I was thinking about that when I was feeding my son or feeding my daughter and sitting with my, with my son yesterday. I was like, yo, I remember back in the day when bands always would crash. Like I know the band that's playing the show I'm doing is from Syracuse, so they'll probably go back there and crash there before they play the next show but i was like man i hope they don't try to hit me up for a place to crash that night because my my girlfriend would be like what the fuck <laughs> you know yeah. yeah you can't have six stinky dudes with <laughs> with your kids around no that'd be interesting but especially I mean, not, son... if, there, if there were anything like we were you definitely don't want around <laughs> we'd stick stuff down in marshmallow fluff in people's kitchens <laughs> my son would be stoked to to see like band people i'm sure i'm sure but it would it would be a a bizarre in, uh, thing or whatever, but um, I definitely want to ask you a few questions about that big stretch show you guys played in April. But like prior to that, had you guys? I know you kind of referenced like taking your time getting back into the, the groove. Had you played anything else uh, before that show when things opened back up? Yeah, we played a couple, a handful of shows this year already. Uh, we were kind of hinging everything on because we found out about that stretch show. They graciously offered us to play that back in like December. So we we're like, you know what? Let's do another EP. Let's kind of build everything around that. So we played a couple of shows before that, um, just to get in the groove and everything. And then uh, that one came up. Yeah, it was a good show. It was a big show. And uh, like I said, they did us a huge favor by putting us on it. So it definitely helped out. So we kind of released the EP right like a week before that. That was we planned that all out. So that worked out well. I think I think you and I first started corresponding around then. I noticed that the EP was released. I want to say April twenty fifth, and that show was like within like four or five days of it. So I, yeah, I we wanted to pretend. Was, that? We wanted to pretend like that was our record release. <laughs> I had you know, a it's like a record release show. 
And um, shout out to my buddy, Bill Steiner. He's, he's from the Rochester area originally, but he lives in Pittsburgh now, but he actually traveled down. Speaking of people traveling to South Carolina for stretch, he traveled down there for that show from Pittsburgh. And he, when I, when I put you guys on the new music episode, he hit me up like right away. And he was like, you, you, he talking about your band. He's like, those guys are, are awesome. They're good dudes. And Sweet. he was telling me all about the show and how, I mean, you're kind of, I don't know if you're being modest right now, but if, if I was in a band, like, it seems like that would have been one of the biggest shows you guys have played. Cause he said it was like a thousand, like a thousand yeah. kids there. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, shout out to him. I don't know if he's related to big Papa pump, but I don't think so. <laughs> <laughs> Never know. Um, yeah, I, I mean, we, we've played big shows before. That was probably the biggest show we've ever played, just because, I mean, that venue is huge. Um, but, yeah, we were definitely stoked on it. Um, I don't want to sound like like a dick or anything, but I just don't get, I don't get, like, nervous anymore. I don't, I, don't, I never really have. Like, the bigger the event, the more stoked I am on it. So I was just, like, excited to play. And, like I said, the Stretch Dudes, they did us a huge favor by putting us on that because they could have chosen any other band or like any other young band. I know they had Your Spirit Dies from the area open, which is more like a metalcore type band, like a throwback metalcore type band. Um, they could have put any other band like that, but they put a bunch of 30-somethings random band on. So we we definitely thank them for that. But yeah, it was it was a big show. It was a good show for sure. And we, we brought the fence out, so everybody wins we have a fence on stage so now the ep uh man and blade had you guys already been writing that before you knew about the show though or, or were you kind of you kind of started like pushing the wheels a little faster when you knew about the show to get everything yeah. out or? yeah yeah we kind of ru- we, we rushed it we really did we 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 had some riffs i think me and ryan always has something that's kind of how we write he'll just like send me a riff i'll send him a riff he'll make a little demo of it on his computer with fake drums and shit and then we'll get together with the other dudes and uh, bang it out. But yeah, we, we kind of rushed it just to get it out before then. But I think that actually helps us because at least for me, um, I think just not really thinking about it and just doing it is better because overthinking it, I start to do something that's I think is really cool at the time. But then later, I don't think it's cool anymore. It doesn't sound good to me anymore. Um, so I think just like, shooting them out just banging them right out is is better for me and i mean yeah i I think just sitting down to write i I mean i could sit down and write four songs right now and those would probably be pretty decent i think that's my best way of writing instead of overthinking it obviously having a good riff is a is a great starting point but i think just like not even thinking about it just going is is what works best for me and i think it works good for rap poison too because that's kind of what that was because we put those out so fast. So, yeah, I thought it worked out good because it's, I mean, it, it, according to what people tell us, it's probably one of our better records or the best record. Um, so, yeah, it all worked out. I think what's weird for me is I think your first one and that one are the ones I like the most. Like, I definitely like this one the most <laughs> out of all of them. But um, I don't know. Like, the, for for a band, usually, like, when you hear their first release, it's, like, like more, like, amateurish because it's, like, they're – their first material but for you guys it's different obviously you know what i mean like you've been like playing together and stuff so it wasn't like you know what i'm saying yeah yeah it was kind of we kind of know where to take each other and where not to and we're also really brutal with each other um and our other what's awesome is our bassist and drummer we live in like upstate south carolina like an hour and a half away where we practice in greenville they're just like down for whatever i mean 
they'll give feedback here and there, but they, they're, they're a little younger. Um, so they're like, they're, they're fucking down for whatever we want to do. So that's awesome because then we can just bicker amongst ourselves, mostly in text chain, group text and shit. And, you know, we know each other so well that it's like, oh, this lyric, this lyric sucks. Yeah. Don't do that. That's bad. <laughs> that's kind of how we operate. Have you guys had the same lineup for the whole the whole time the band's been together? Yeah, this band, yeah. That's pretty cool. You don't you don't always see that. I mean, I know when when you get up there in age, it's, it it seems like it's easier. There's not as much drama with like, you know, this and that. I feel like that's more like when you're younger with the bands, you know. Well, it's it's easier in a way and it's harder in a way because you got you're older, so, you know, most of the time like the things like money related bullshit and everything kind of comes a little bit easier um and stuff like that but you know responsibility wise that's like a whole other thing because you know like our singer he's a firefighter so kind of got to work around that schedule whenever we do anything and he's got a kid now and you know life responsibilities we all have jobs um wish i didn't have a job <laughs> wish i could just get money to do nothing to do podcasts but apparently you have to work to make money I don't get it, but um, yeah. So that that brings the whole new thing into it. But yeah, in a way, it's easier. But like I said, in a way, it's hard. And have I? I feel like I already know the answer. I feel like from listening to other podcasts. But like, have you guys talked to any labels from about doing like a physical release or anything like that? Or uh, we we try, we try. We get a lot of non responses. <laughs> I think that's just. I don't know if I'm sending the right thing out. Maybe I need to make like a '90s style press kit, and I'm gonna actually mail it. And I'll just have like a little download link because I don't have any physical shit to send. I'll make like a 90s press kit with like a big glossy of us, black and white. Yeah, that's a good idea. But um, yeah, I've shot out a bunch of emails just to kind of feel it out. I don't know it's because we don't tour a lot or whatever the reason may be. Um, you know, we're not like, we're, we're not a big band. We're small, comfortable. We're like, as small as you can get for a hardcore band we're one of those um but i mean it's not going to stop me from trying <laughs> um and you know i've had a couple conversations back and forth nothing concrete that has ever happened the label world i don't know how especially for men like us i don't know how anybody's doing this i have no idea because the vinyl shit is insane I just like I've even I've toyed with the idea like why don't we put out our own record? And then I look at the prices and the you know the turnaround time and everything, and I'm like, nope. <laughs> so you know, I would love somebody to put something out, but I, I would love to just even have a label they can put out, you know, a jar of pickles that say rat poison on them. As long as they can just pump our name out there and we can put some music out somewhere, I don't need it to be a set just put us out there in the world you know what i mean because any any kind of momentum or traction we can get will just help us and we got to keep like barreling forward with that but it's, it's so hard to get that now and you know i i don't blame them. like i said the vinyl shit and everything's it's crazy yeah i don't it's a lot of like again being 41 and i just started doing this like two years ago i feel like a lot of times i'm kind of lost in how to do all this like uh, with the PR stuff, even for a podcast, like, I don't like, should I be contacting, you know, certain press people to let them know that I do the podcast to get features yeah. for me? You know what I mean? Like it's, yeah. 
I get so confused by this stuff. And then like you're saying, I have these labels. You wonder how a lot of them operate now, you know? And then the, the, like you're saying though, the vinyl thing is like the killer for me. Cause I interviewed uh bent blue out of San Diego, my episode that just dropped yesterday or yeah, yesterday. And they, they said they had recorded their shit like literally a year ago and it's just coming out on vinyl, like in a month or two. Like, I'm like, damn, that's, that's so crazy to have to wait like 14 months for, for vinyl, you know? Yeah. What if you wait that long and you're like, eh, I don't really like this record. Well, then you think, well, that, well, that's one aspect, but then you think too, like a lot of hardcore bands don't even last 14 months. You know what yeah, I mean? Yeah. That's going back to EMS and surprise attack with, you know, where it ends back in the day. <laughs> he put our thing out in like, I think like 2007, a couple of years later. I mean, it was a couple of years, but still we were, we did a little bit with it, but we were done. And, uh, I, you know, I listened to your podcast with him. I think that <laughs> I think that was one of the killers for him. Like he'd he'd put something out, and, you know, hardcore band, you know, they, they just don't last that long. What is it? it? You know, back then it was three or four years. I feel like it's a little bit longer now. Bands will stay around for a while, but you know, of a certain level. Small bands are still they come and go. It could be just a demo, they change the name or something else. But yeah, it's it's definitely weird. So you know, like I said, I would love to work with a label that would, I think, help push us to where we could do a little bit more tours. Because, like, ideally, I would like to just be on some small label that helps us out a little bit. And we would obviously help them out as much as we could. And then, you know, can do a little bit of touring, do some weekends, do some fests. That's kind of our ideal world. Um, and we're, you know, we're not trying to go through two months full U.S. and then go to Europe. Unless... Unless, you know, somebody wants to hook that up for us, we'll figure it out. <laughs> but, you know, we need that money. You know what I mean? Kind of that money. So do you guys have anything else planned, like with like shows? Or are you going to try and do any weekends like later in the summer or anything? Or Yeah, I've actually talked to a couple other bands. Um, just about just random bands about doing stuff. There's a few bands around here. We've kicked around weekend ideas. And, you know, you've got your bands on social media that you're kind of like friendly with. Um, and that's, you know, that's kind of what we're doing right now. We're just taking Man and Blade, doing everything we can with it. You know, we've kind of got this weird thing right now where I'm kind of sitting back waiting to see who offers us shows, which is probably not the greatest thing to do because not a lot come down the pipeline. So I probably need to reach out and go beyond a little bit more. But um, yeah, we really need some people to work with, um, you know, not to sound like, oh, we need help, but we, we need help. I mean, we, we need, you know, somebody to help push us and we need bands to play with and we need more bands to start so we can play with them. Um, that only helps us. So we, we all got to help each other out in this area because South Carolina hardcore, it's, it's tough out there. Yes. I, I, again, going back to that other podcast you guys did, I, I like, just like the dude who did that one, I, I like, when I think of South Carolina hardcore, I pretty much think of Stretch Armstrong, obviously, you know what I mean? So like, I, and, I, and that's what I was going to ask you when we were, I kind of meant to, but I forgot when we were doing the, earth, the stuff earlier, like, was there, like, was there like a lot of other, like, like bigger hardcore bands at all around there in the early 2000s? Or, cause I feel like I don't, I don't remember there being too many, like, like touring bands from there. You know what I mean? No. Cause you know, in like the mid to late 90s, you had a couple smaller mid-level bands, uh, a band called Prevail that always played with Stretch Armstrong. 
I don't know how much that they ever got out and really toured or anything. And you, you had a couple other just like weird, hardcore adjacent bands. But yeah, I mean, it was pretty much Treasure Armstrong because, you know, North Carolina at the time had a thing um, that was more medical, metalcore oriented, you know, perfect cleansing and all that kind of stuff. Um, that whole world. Um, but yeah, South Carolina was, you know, there was obviously bands that came and went here and there that you've never heard of, but Stretch Armstrong was always, they were always carrying that flag. But I mean, even for them, by the time that they hit with like rituals, you know, the one that everybody knows, the, the Stretch Armstrong record for, you know, most hardcore kids, they had been around already for like, what, seven years or something. So, <laughs> I mean, it, it, South Carolina, it's, it's hard because you've got to, you, you can't just play South Carolina. I mean, and you, you got to get to Atlanta and then you got to get to Richmond. You got to hit all these hot spots and everything, and, you know, just to get noticed. So it's very difficult. So what they did, uh, they should not, <laughs> they should be very proud of themselves. Yeah. I mean, obviously Rituals is a classic. I don't have to tell you that, you know, I mean, even that album that came after it had a couple, you know, more than just a tour date, you know, a couple other songs like that, that I liked, you know, but they, uh, I mean, they're, you know, but like I said, I just, I, I, when I was prepping for the interview and listened to that other podcast, I was like, I can't think of too many other South Carolina bands, you know, and usually like a, a band will like sprout off and like other bands will follow suit or whatever, you know, and I just never really, yeah. never really saw it as much. So are there other shows coming up there for you guys, like in actually South Carolina though? Like, like, do you have anything coming up there planned or? Yeah, we got a show in Charleston, uh, which is out on the coast um, in like a month or something like that. And we're working on some other stuff. Uh, some South Carolina stuff. And then other than that, I'm trying to get us because there is a lot going on in North Carolina again. There's a bunch of bands out of there uh, that just popped up. So we're trying to get that going. And, you know, it's weird, though. I mean, back to what we we're saying before, it's like there's so many like newer kids booking shows that all my old contacts, <laughs> they still exist, but they don't really book shows much anymore. So I have to like get in with everybody new. Um and yeah, it's hard. It's it's difficult because it sounds bad, but I mean, there's like certain areas that's just like if you're not if you're not the buzz hype thing, you're not gonna get in. You're not gonna be able to play. It's gonna be like pulling teeth. You got to get somebody that's gonna want you to play with their band, with some friends of yours, or you know, get in with somebody, or just put in your time and hope it happens because there's just certain areas especially around here because we're so widespread that it's, it's just hard to make it in there just play any show um it's always been like that and you know when now that we're in our 30s it's like we've reset because like all the kids that book shows and everything are different now so we're just like starting from scratch again feels like being like a young young demo band again uh which is cool in a way but you know i would like to be able to play out and play all these areas so yeah yeah, there's definitely a lot of new new younger kids around here booking shows now too and I, I try to like i haven't really met some of them face to face but i try to like reach out on social media just to do the podcast and stuff yeah. and like introduce myself but again like being as old as i am and the age difference it sometimes feels awkward like associating with people that are like half my age you know but yeah i guess well it's weird because i talk to these kids and i i mean you know the old uh you're only as old as you, old as you feel adage uh it's a stupid saying but I feel like 16. That's probably a bad thing. That's probably too young to feel. So like when I like talk to these kids, 
I see myself as just like them still. <laughs> We're younger. But then they see me and they go, who's oh, this guy? This guy, what are these guys, like 50? <laughs> that one's bald. So, you know, um, yeah, I can't imagine how it is for them. But, you know, most of them around here, they're very nice. But you know what I mean? It's like you're you're like kind of, we're kind of like removed from their world slightly. So, yeah, as you can see, I have a lot of grays in my beard. And uh, me too. The, when I got into this car accident, which I've referenced on here quite a few times, so I'm not going to tell the whole story, but I got thrown from a car uh, like three and a half years ago. So I think my days of feeling 16 are long, long over after that. Like my, like my, like I don't recommend to anybody taking your seatbelt off or getting thrown from a car. It sucks. Um, but uh, like my back. Is That's so a long. PSA for all you younger yeah. kids. Uh, it definitely is. You don't don't crush your break, car. Yeah. Don't break your back or skull or any other injuries they suck so so you're not like you're not like doing backflips off the stage and stuff i stage dove like a year ago i, should, oh. I, say it. I probably shouldn't say it too loud my girlfriend asked me if i moshed when i saw section hate last month so she knows i still get down but there was a benefit show here like almost a year ago now because our friend's wife had passed away suddenly and they actually he actually asked one of the bands to cover last breath by Hatebreed, and hmm. uh which obviously you know meant a lot to him that night but i uh I went pretty crazy for it too. And uh, I, I, I like, it was literally like three weeks after that where I finally felt normal again. But on top of that, like during another local band that night, I got like thrown through a door. Like, like there was mm. like some, like, like people moshed a lot crazier now than they did. Like, I mean, I know in the early two thousands when like all the crews started sprouting off the moshing got out of hand too, but like late nineties, yes, early two thousands, like late nineties, early two thousands, that was just like fun. Like want to be New York style moshing. Now it's like, it's like these dudes, like, you know, it's cool to lift weights. Don't get me wrong. But like these dudes look like they just got out of fucking steroid class and they like they mosh so hard. I got like legit like thrown through a door and I'm like, like, yeah. like feeling myself uh, like afterwards. You know what I mean? Like, am I, is anything broken? You know what I mean? Well, that's, like, what, that's why I try to lift weights now. And like, you know, I've, a lot of us have been into that whole world for a while now because it's like, I don't know why the other dudes do it. But for me, I'm, I'm trying to stay young. I'm trying to stay yeah. as young as possible because obviously there are pains and whatnot that can happen the older you get but like i'm just trying to stay somewhat athletic and somewhat strong um but yeah if, there, if there's a big show i'll, I'll throw i, I stay it's time to that stretch show and i'm glad i didn't break my neck yeah um, i don't I, I always say i won't do this or that again and i've kind of learned to to just go with the flow like even when i went to go see section hate last month in buffalo i, I was like i'm all done with this moshing shit you know but you know <laughs> really take the moshing really takes it out of it now. it's like so yeah. weird because i i do cardio like all the time but yeah you go mosh it's like for some reason sucks all the breath out of you after a certain age i don't know what it is but yeah uh yeah if i haven't died from all the stupid shit that i did when i was younger at shows then hopefully my body i think it hardened me because i mean i i got i did some stupid shit i just <laughs> I mean, I remember like a wear it in show, some, some kid, like I didn't stage that, but he kind of like pulled me backwards in like Florida or something. And I landed like pretty, like a four foot high stage, like fully upside down, right on top of my head. And I felt a shock wave go down my spine and I just got back up and did this. And I was like, yeah, we're good. So uh, hopefully, I mean, that was, 
that's probably going to be my undoing years from now because like you know i tore my meniscus when i was like 18 jumping over drum sets and doing all these crazy stunts for 10 people gotta give them a show <laughs> gotta give those 10 people a show gotta jump over the drum set and sacrifice my body uh i thought that was cool at the time the ligaments are what worry me the most now though because like I, I i was back into running for a little while there and like i still run sometimes now and like you'll feel like your knees feel a little different sometimes when you run. And I'm like, yo, that's, is that what they talk about with like a ligament going out of place or whatever, you know? And I'm like, shit, you know, this is like you said, but you know, I know you, I know you reference young till I die on the other interview. And, and I, I try to keep that in mind sometimes too, but I'm also not getting any younger. You know what I mean? So yeah, it's, yeah, uh, we're not getting younger, but you know what, you know, as long as you, uh, as long as you still feel young, you're all right. Like they say, the adage is true. Just, just be happy. You know what I mean? So, um, yeah, I'm all messed up, but I, I kind of, I do it like I do, like we did with the van back in the day. We were in the van going around in the desert. We heard a noise in the van. We go, maybe, I'm sure it's fine. It'll fix itself. So that's kind of how I am with my body. I'm like, eh, my knee kind of hurts today. It'll fix itself. Yes. <laughs> um and sometimes it does <laughs> so i feel like we have a few extra minutes and if this is something i didn't put in our notes so if it's something you don't want to discuss because i'm kind of hitting you off uh to pull so not no pun intended a surprise attack here i guess um i'll edit yeah. this out but being that you are pretty much the first person i think i've interviewed in the south mm. if not ever definitely in a very long time uh there's a lot of crazy shit happening in this country right now um between abortion and, and gun laws and everything like and you're in like a place where people i feel like i'm not trying to pigeonhole but a lot of people that think and act differently than they do up here you know what i mean yeah um i don't know what your thoughts are and everything that's going on right now um i just i, I do want to say one other thing real quick that i when i interviewed ben blue i talked to them about the because the, the roe versus weight had just gotten overturned that friday and i was editing that episode last night in the beginning i'm like some major news broke and i'm thinking about it while i'm editing i'm like oh my god like today something even crazier happened like our world is moving so fast now that like it's like every it seems like every week now something crazier happens you know what i mean yeah it's it's a bummer it's a bummer world i mean if you if you let it be a bummer it is a fucking bummer because i mean and obviously the news being able to be on all the time and always in your face i try to not watch that shit like i can just see secondhand just scrolling around on social media what's going on i don't need to turn on the news i mean that just bums me out not that i don't want to be aware of what's going on in the world and like i said like that that helps me be aware but i mean obviously the abortion shit is like i don't understand <laughs> why men get to make this decision that's very strange especially old white men mostly so it's like that's the weirdest thing to me um I, I think you should have freedom to do whatever you want. As long as that doesn't hurt anybody, you can do whatever the fuck you want. I don't give a shit. Go fucking nuts. <laughs> uh, hurt yourself. I mean, not hurt yourself like suicidal, but hurt yourself. Jump off a stage. Break your spine. Do whatever you want. Wear whatever you want. <laughs> um, I mean, we shouldn't get too far in it because, I mean, I talk to a lot of people out here. just from like the, my job entails me going around and talking to people. And it's a lot, sometimes that's old people. So I'll get either direction of 
you know, a lot of times it's like, they'll start, it'll be some nice old lady. This is how it is here. People kind of in the South, see like in the, you know, people from like up North and everything, they kind of wear it on their sleeve, sleeve a little bit more here in the South. Yes. There's like still racism and all that kind of shit. It's very, it's very prevalent, but they keep it in unless they get with the people that they think are like them. And then they can kind of let that out. You know what I mean? So they see me vanilla white guy. I don't have any tattoos or anything. They just think I'm some dude and they'll start to, they'll just go and then it'll start totally normal. And then it'll go fucking off the wall. It'll go, Oh, you know, uh, this wouldn't be happening if Trump was in office. And I just want to go, listen, lady, (laughs) see, I'm pretty good at just kind of schmoozing people. So I don't want to get in their dumb conversation. Um, So whatever they say, I'll kind of, yeah, until it's over. I just kind of nod my head and then it's over. Unless it gets real weird. But like, I want to tell them whatever you think you're going to get out of this conversation, whether that is you are like super, super liberal with something, you're super, super right wing and, or you're a racist piece of shit, <laughs> whatever you think I'm going to give you in the conversation is not what you're going to get. <laughs> I have like, I've kind of a radical thoughts. So it's not like, I mean, I'm kind of, I don't, I don't even vote. Like and that's by choice, so I, I have a radical mindset, um, and they, they don't want to hear what I have to say. So, but I just think, you know, anybody should be able to do what they need to do as long as that's not hurting anybody else. Um, yeah, and it's it's weird here in the South. It definitely isn't that a lot of people have a weird idea of it, and. You know, it's not as bad as it seems, but it is also as bad as it seems. It can be, depending on where you go. And one reason is that some people are just dumb. And what can you do about it? So, I mean, I, I don't think there's any way, unfortunately, to, to like, I think you can change the world, but you just got to do it in your own little way. Like everything you do, all of your actions, are going to impact something so whatever that may do whatever that may be just be a good person and that will that will do it's what it needs to do um so yeah that's kind of what i think on the matter <laughs> but yeah are you my political opinions are a little wacky so because i i i think politics are for losers but, <laughs> but um i mean so i don't get so far into that but yeah well, i, I think I think one thing you're, 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 you hit on a key point there, politics are for losers. Like, I think we've learned, especially in the last six years, that like none of us are winning in any of this shit. Like, like Uncle, Uncle Troy wants to argue with his fucking cousin Billy on Facebook about left and right. Yeah. But do the people on top don't give a fuck either way what they're saying. You know what no. I mean? Like, all they want is their money. You know, no, like, that's get, the crazy they're getting thing. What, they're getting what they want out of it. They're, they're getting what they want out of it. Because, I mean, there's, it's more divided than ever right now. It really is. Like, and that's all because... I mean, all the Trump shit and then COVID stuff right after. I mean, we are like super divided now, you know, just with social media and everything. People think they can say whatever they want. And in person, you're not going to get that most of the time. If you just talk to somebody person to person, you're usually not going to get that extreme. Obviously, you'll get some weird comments and stuff, but you're not going to get the extreme Internet version of them that they throw out there that they want to be. So it's so divided and it's it's a real bummer because like 
I think people just need to talk and get to know each other because like you, you can find common ground. You can't find common ground with like a fucking white power Nazi guy, but you you should just smash them. That's what it is. But <laughs> when you get the chance, you know, but um, I mean, don't catch an assault charge, but you know what I'm saying? Um, but yeah, it's it's weird. It's weird. What is it? I don't I don't see nothing. I don't hear nothing. Uh, I'm not saying nothing. Uh, yeah, don't see nothing. Don't say nothing. Oh, right. oh, 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 oh. <laughs> right. Um, exactly. Exactly. No, but and then I mean, and then you had another good point earlier. What you were saying um, in your mini mini diatribe there uh, <laughs> that um, people should be free to do what they want. You know, I mean, obviously it's it's hard right now because everybody's arguing, but um, that that's my main issue with all of this. Like whether you're talking about the abortion thing, the the trans kids wanting to play whatever the fuck sport they want to play, like. I'm a dad now and I have a daughter and I don't give a fuck. Like if you're born or male and you want to play women's fucking croquet or whatever, that's fine. Like I don't care what like about trophies or any of that bullshit. You know what I'm saying? Like just do yeah, you. you. If you could listen, if you have a kid and they want to play sports, they're doing better than me. Cause <laughs> I can yeah. do shit. But it's just I like wish I, people, I was an athlete when I was younger. <laughs> I see people complaining on Facebook about this shit, like about like, like people like, like trans athletes and i'm like dude it's not your kid why do you care you know what i mean like worry about your kids like i have uh, people people like to hear themselves talk i, that's, I think you know I mean, that I, I mean i can't argue with that since i do my own podcast you know but um i'm just saying like i'm a stay-at-home dad so i just don't have time to be like in other people's lives and, and like like make fun of like their choices or like then the other thing is like you'll see like and I, I know we're getting on a, on a tangent here we'll wrap this up no, in no, a second but like i'll see like all these people that comment on like a hundred different Facebook articles and they'll get in arguments with strangers because it shows up on your feed. You know what I mean? Yeah. And I'm yeah. like, some of it's funny, but I'm like, dude, you really have time to be like spending an hour every day, like arguing in random news articles with someone you'll definitely never meet and trying to correct a 70, like you're talking about the 70 year old ladies in South Carolina or whatever. Like they're yeah. arguing with them on Facebook. I'm like, dude, like yeah. go outside like, like, and breathe, really, you know, like, yeah, like this isn't gonna, they're not going to go, Oh shit. You're right. <laughs> yeah. Happen. You're not going to find some like, like way past middle-aged woman. That's going to be like, Oh, I've thought this way my whole life. And now I'm going to listen to some fucking like 25 or 30 year old, like, as they call it, like uh far left liberal or whatever the fuck, you know, like, yeah. they're, they're not well, gonna it's care. like, and you know what too. And sometimes it's bad, but sometimes I look at it from my own entertainment and I know, and I'll throw in a trolley comment sometimes <laughs> just because I like to fuck with people. And you know it's humor for me. I want to. I want some humor to be involved. I, I'm not just trying to fight with people. I just I'm trying to fuck with people and be funny. Um, but like, yeah, I, I'll scroll. You know, Twitter. You'll get uh, at least in my circle of Twitter, what it shows me is a little bit more of that the left side of things. And then for some reason, Facebook is like old, weird mom, aunt. A lot of the the right wing side of things. It's so strange to me. Choosing. Uh, it's so weird to attach your whole ideology and your identity to some political party thing. I think that's really weird. Um, I've been muting people on Facebook, like left and right, like that, because I'm like, I don't need to see this crap. I mean, sometimes it's even people that post just too much, you know, I'm like, well, you know what? It really, it really get, even if I want to joke around and stuff like that, just seeing that back and forth all the time is it sucks. Cause like, even like, you know, back during COVID, not to bring up COVID again. Fuck. I hope it's over <laughs> for every reason. But like, you know, when that was happening, like, I think that just 
because I was working at home a little bit more from at the time. And just like seeing all these debates go back and forth. Nobody knew what the fuck they were talking about. Nobody knew what they were talking about on either side. And they're all going back and forth with each other. It took a toll on me. I'm like, this is driving me insane. This has to be every conversation I have has to relate to what I think about this and what this is. And, you know, now we've moved on and now it's about whatever the subject of the day is. And, you know, Trump and Biden and the gas prices. I'm like, yeah, the world sucks. Okay. Just try to make your world good. Yeah. <laughs> Be a nice person to people. The, the, the last thing about COVID though is what was crazy for me is I was like, yo, I didn't realize they handed out PhDs in three months online to people now. You know what I mean? Like everybody was an expert on something all of a sudden. And then again, not to get too far in the rabbit hole, because I'm sure they're bands we both love, but I'm like, I wish half these people that I grew up idolizing. I don't use that word, but half these people I grew up like loving their bands or whatever word you want to use. I'm like, yo, they should not. I wish they wouldn't have signed up for social media. Dude, God damn it. I know you're talking, I know you're talking about, uh, obviously, <laughs> but it's like, and I'd say this to my friends a lot. I think like just 2020, which was like kind of you know, the start and the peak of the insanity. I think it made people mentally ill. I think it just made some people go off the ledge in whatever direction that was. Like if they wanted to go full borderline QAnon, totally weird, they jumped off that ledge. If they wanted to go off into the into the other ledge, they just went. They went mentally ill. They went nuts, and they can't be brought back for some reason. It's so weird to me because they, they seemed, yeah, you know, maybe they seemed kind of goofy or something like that. But they didn't rub you like that before. But now that they can get out there and comment on it, it, it doesn't stop. It does not stop. <laughs> I would see a couple because I haven't I've seen one or two of these bands in my adult life, but not that much. But I would see a few clips here and there in Hey Five Six, and I'd be like, OK, he is kind of into some shit. But like, yeah, you're right. Like it was definitely 2020 where I was like, whoa, like this is crazy. These dudes have what? too much time now. <laughs> you know? Well, you know what, too, though, is like just regarding like conspiracy shit in general. I think that was taken a different way. Yeah. Pre 2020. Um, now you're going to get depending on how far you want to go with that you can't go full conspiracy you just can't it's too crazy you go down that rabbit hole and you just go insane like the people we're talking about you well, can't go full conspiracy yeah i mean i think you and i probably agree that there's a lot of things to distrust in the government and the, and, and it's kind of like going back to the wrestling thing like uh, like Vince Russo and some of these idiots would throw like a hundred ideas at the wall or, or you can throw shit at the wall a hundred times. And it's going to stick once, you know what I mean? Like, I think the conspiracy theories, especially some of the more uh, like not from the hardcore scene, but some of the more well-known ones, like back in the day, they hit on a couple of things that they were actually right on. So now they have things that people can be like, Oh dude, look like Alex Jones was the one that w was right about Waco or shit like that. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, dude, that was 30 years ago. Like what's he done since then? You know what I mean? Like, and but it, yeah, well, I mean, the thing is, is that, okay, obviously some of that stuff was true. Obviously the sketchy shit that happened is happening every day, but my whole thing is I'm never going to know the truth. We're not going to get told. <laughs> so what? we're never going to know. So what's the point in like going on some crusade to yeah. find out you're not going to fucking find out. You're just some guy. So I got a, like, I got a, I got a buddy, uh, close friends listening will know who, who it is, but I, I got a buddy and I, I would tell him that I'd be like, dude, like I, I get you want to devote your life to this shit and maybe you'll find the truth one day. But what if you don't like you're going to be like 70 years old and all alone and everyone's going to be like, you know, like go yeah, on. And, the, and that's what I'm saying. They go down a rabbit hole and then yeah. make themselves go insane because then everything is connected and it's all one 
huge grand scheme. No, you got to stop. Just go to the beach. Yeah, exactly. Let's uh, you, you being from South Carolina and me living uh, near Lake Ontario. That's a good way to transition out of the the conspiracy theory rabbit hole we're about to dive into. I will say, I will say I do. Give me the aliens. (laughs) Uh, I'll have to play that clip for my girlfriend. She, uh, she, she will agree with you. I don't um, think we're going to get the aliens, but I want, I want, I want, I'm ready. You know, if we ever needed them, this is the time. <laughs> that's true. And, you know, I think I even said that recently too, like with all the crazy shit that's happened in the last, like, not even just the last two years, but like the last six years, obviously, like if you saw a fucking UFO land right now, like nobody would bat an eye. They'd just be like, okay, they're here. You know, I would, I would run to them. Take me, <laughs> please take me. Yeah. We, we need the grays more than ever. Um, so yeah, I guess kind of circling back to rat poison. Um, is there anything I missed? Um, obviously I'll include the links to the band camp and whatnot in the show notes, but is there, is there anything else you want to plug or anything? Uh, no, I mean, just check out, you know, rat poison HC on all the social media shit, you know, all the, all the stuff is up on uh, Spotify, all the EPs. Uh, we'll probably try to do even another EP before the end of the year. Just keep trying to bang them out. Like I said, um, other than that, just keep track. Uh, book us at your show or festival. Uh, we take almost no money, and we don't need food. Uh, we, we have protein bars, uh, vegan and non-vegan alike. Uh, so that's what we just want to jam. Just put us on your show. Um, and yeah, we, I don't have anything to promote or anything. We're we're all we're all very handsome men, and we're in pretty good shape for our age so come see us we look good when we shine in the lights we're doing this without video but allegedly paul has a really good tan right now too so i actually did i really did i was at the beach uh i was at the beach uh two days ago and then i was by the pool yesterday with my friend so yeah i have a good tan going right now it feels good i push you gotta get a base i push a stroller at least 10 or 15 hours a week outside so i got a really good farmer's tan right now um, but before I do my outro, are there any, uh, shout outs or anything like that you want to give? Uh, give a shout out to Josh for doing the podcast. Great guy. <laughs> and to the aliens come take me away. All right. Uh, take me away. Takes on a new meaning after this episode. I think, um, I want to give a special shout out to Paul for doing the interview. Uh, check out rat poison. Like I said, I'll include them the links in the show notes. Um, as always, thanks to Rob Antonucci, Greg Benoit, and Jim Labatz for helping out with the podcast. Special thanks to all the Patreon subscribers for helping things uh, go along with this. Uh, give us a follow on social media for updates and up- upcoming episodes and shows. See everyone real soon and stay safe.